My name is Tanya Budrow, and this is Track Pack Road Trip, a podcast that celebrates belonging to a library consortium. My goal is to talk to as many librarians as I can in our consortium of over 170 libraries. This is episode two. Today, we're going to talk to a librarian from the Shannon Municipal Library in Sexsmith, Alberta. Good morning, Cheryl. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It's not every day that we get to turn 60. And it's, it's, it's pretty interesting today. I imagine it's going to be a little bit of a change in point of view. Yes. Did you know that there are 650 kilometers between the Colet Public Library where I am and the Shannon Municipal Library where you are? Is that as the crow flies or is that by road? Because I know there is no road directly across. That's what I saw um, if you were taking the road. Yeah. So to, to drive from here to you, I would have to go all the way to Edmonton and then back mm -hmm. up. Don't you think it's great that we can still use our track library card to borrow materials from each other in person or through interlibrary loan using track? Oh, it truly makes it a library without borders. Um, I once told a board or a council that how, when they asked how big our library was, I said it's as big as Alberta. Yes. And that's where its walls are. Yes. And but there's still doorways outside of that, outside of those borders as well. Yes. Just for our listeners, Coley Public Library belongs to the Northern Lights Library System and uh, the Shannon Library belongs to Peace. Peace Library And system. around the opposite corners of the province. Well, Yes. Beside each other, but yes, completely different. I believe Peace Library System uh, is the largest territory covered by any system, any of the seven systems in the province. Oh, that's a good. That's a good fact. Yes, it's pretty big. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners uh, who you are, how many people work in your library, and a little bit about your town? I can. Um, Sexsmith at one time was the British grain capital, or the grain capital of the British Empire, I believe, uh -huh. in the 1930s and 40s. Mm -hmm. um, it is only now 2620, and we only are 2,620 people, and we only have one grain elevator left out of the 13 or 14 that there were at one time. Uh -huh. And now they're hoping to preserve it. It's uh, Our library is very small. We're only like 1,900 square feet, and that includes my office which has a sink in it, which is, I'm willing to share. It really <laughs> just works that way. But even though we're tiny, we're actually the third busiest library in Peace Library System. That's awesome. Uh, which is really crazy. We circulated 41,000 items it, through in-person checkout at the library last year. Wow. Which is amazing for something that's only not even 2,000 square feet. And Cheryl, are you the director there? I am. Um, I have uh, another half of my brain, the supervisor of library services, and that's mm -hmm. Kathy Black. And I have two part-time and one casual. Mm -hmm. uh, we, of course, COVID has changed. I don't know what it's going to be moving forward. There's so many changes happening. That's right. I was taking a look at your webpage. Yes. And I have a favorite section. Can you guess what my favorite section is of your webpage? Would it be the ha-ha fooled you? Yes! How did that come about? That came out directly because of the Alberta Library Conference a couple of years ago. They did, the gentleman that was the keynote speaker 
was the man that had coined the term fake news. And he regrets it dearly because it's been abused so much. And I was so inspired by that, that that very same day, I, well, I got myself in trouble and went directly to our vendor and asked him to add that to the menu. Yeah. And first thing I did when I got back was write what you saw there under the Sexsmith Library, which is links to information about fake news. Yes. Uh, yeah. inter interesting follow-up to that, though, is this year I had gotten an email from a media group, and I wish I could remember the name, to ask if we could co-sponsor an event. Mm -hmm. um, they were looking for libraries to, to join as co-sponsors. And I left a message, and by the time she called me back, she had checked it out. And she says, as far as I'm concerned, you're already helping to sponsor uh, media information in your library. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to broaden on that by maybe offering some workshops. That's a good idea. Yes. I also love your history section of the library where it talks about the name change your town went through, the meaning of the name, um, the first yeah. record of the supply of books in Sexsmith, which oh. is in 1933, and how some high school students opened the public library as part of their young people's club. Yes, yes, actually, yeah, but it's, and that's thanks to the local museum society, and they're right up in our local history book. I would never have been able to put that information together myself, ever. So having that history behind where we came from is, is really nice. Did you notice that they had to do fundraising by having whist tournaments? Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm going to have to teach myself how to play whist just to do that to celebrate our 75th. Mm-hmm which, you know, by golly, it's, I guess it's next year. It also sounds like um, the Friends of the Library Society have a lot of fun. I was reading that they have cake in their meetings four times a year, and they host something called Jewel Night. Can you talk about those? Jewel Night, unfortunately, is long gone. That oh, was what was that? It was uh, basically an evening for women with fashion shows, door prizes, and a lot of donations from local and regional businesses uh -huh. um, and beyond that I don't know a lot other than it was really, it was looked forward to that was a big effort on behalf of two of the previous librarians Cheryl Robinson and Celia Leithwood both worked really hard on those projects it sounds like fun it, it and I think Kathy was Kathy Black my my supervisor I think she was also involved in that but by the time I came unfortunately it was no longer happening and for the amount of work, and a lot of these things I think are lost because they took so much work for a minimal return on investment. And then casinos came along. And when you can provide for one weekend's work, you can, or for two days work and several volunteers, you could make like tens of times more money. So I was intrigued by some of the answers you provided in the questionnaire I sent out weeks ago. Can I ask you a little more about some of those questions? Oh, sure. So my, um, when you said your all-time favorite book character, yes. you said his name, he is a new-to-me character, and his first name was Miles. Can you oh. tell me about that character and who he's from? Miles Borkosigan is from the Borkosigan books by Lois... McMaster's Bujold. Um, you would only know about her if you were a science fiction reader. Okay. 
the Varkosigan series is amazing. And Miles in particular is wonderful. He's grown up stunted doing, due to being poisoned in the womb and becomes this manic force in the galaxy that is unlike anybody you've ever seen. And you can't help but, but fall in love with all of his ways that he creates problems and finds his way out of them. And it's just sheer, pure joy to read. It's fun, it's escapism. And I, I actually reread them every couple of years just because I love them so much. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I would jump right in with Bariar, which is the story of how his mother met her fa his father mm -hmm. and then follow the universe throughout. If you read science fiction or fantasy at all, I guess it doesn't really fit science fiction, except for the fact that there are spaceships, but it doesn't really fit fantasy. It's, it's speculative fiction. It's science fiction written in a fantasy way, kind of like Anne McCaffrey or, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to remember Darkover series, Marion Zimmer Bradley, you, you know, loosely in a science fiction world, but because fantasy often it involves characters. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. I guess, to be honest, it's space opera. Okay. And then the author you would like to meet is the author of Big Little Lies. <laughs> Leanne Moriarty. Oh, yes. man. Was that, so what was the first book you read of hers? Well, and what honest, was your favorite of hers? Uh, Do you remember the first remember. one? I think it might have been... Big Little Lies. I only read her because I have a library customer who mm -hmm. was coming in and said, do you have anything by Leanne Moriarty? We only had one book. Uh -huh. So I ordered a couple more for her. And then she came in and she says, is there anything new by Leanne Moriarty? Mm -hmm. And so I got to talking to her about why she loved it. And she said, read this one. <laughs> she smacked it in front of me. And I did. And then I, proceed, I proceeded to read everything about her because she talks about real people and the same issues that we run into as neighbors, as friends, as communities. I think normally we probably keep her because we don't have just some literary fiction. She's not chiclet. She is, I don't know, just, I don't know how to describe her. Mm -hmm. And she's not romance. No. I got hooked on her after reading Big Little Lies because so many patrons wanted everything about her, like you said, and now I've been reading everything about her and I made sure we had all her items in the library because they're so popular. They're so and they're so her good. sister is just as good, um, Nicole Moriarty. Oh, I'll have to try her. Slightly more of a romance, but still just as good a writer. Ooh. I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's her sister. So you shared with us a story about the most memorable thing that happened in your library. And it was something I, about a 17-year-old circulation clerk. Can you tell me about that? Okay, well, I'm trying to remember the most memorable thing. I'm trying to remember. Here. The 17-year-old circulation clerk returns for a run-through circulation 60 years later. Oh, that was just a couple of years ago. There was a uh -huh. high school reunion. Yeah. Or a, a community reunion of all these people that came to that grew up in the library. And one of them had worked in the library 60 years ago as a high school circulation clerk, like just after school. And so she came in just to see what it was like. And we got to talking. That's when I found this out. 
So I was able to actually brought her in behind the desk and had her do Aww. some circulation. Aww. And it was, it was, it was so funny to watch her face. It, she was just beaming and it was, right. it was pretty wonderful because same library, same spot, same job and how different it had become over 60 years. Right. Oh, that's nice. It was, it was pretty cool. So book that you read over and over again, you said were the Terry Pratchett books. Yes. I'm With a, that, I love the Discworld series and my favorite is Amer Amazing Maurice and his Educated Rodents. Have you read that one, the kids one? No, I have not read the kids one. That's um, my the favorite. only children's one I've read has been Have You Seen My Cow? Oh, yeah, I love his books. Or it's, yeah, Have You Seen My Cow? Um, if you're familiar with the Guards Guard series, mm -hmm. the children's picture book takes Commander Vimes when he's reading to his son, Sam. Okay. And it's Where's My Cow? But he's got the, he's got daft old Ron in there and um, Cut Me On Throat Dibbler and all of the characters that you see in Anchor Park come to life in the pages of the picture book. And it's, I guess, I, I honestly should probably read it to one of my grandchildren to see if it really works as a picture book. Because yeah. to me, it sure does. <laughs> I mean, you talked about your favorite your favorite genres, you said thriller, space opera, fantasy, but then you said something chiclet at the lake. Oh, I never heard that term before. What does that mean? How do you define that? Uh, well, chiclet, of course, is books that are targeted right for women. Yes, um, but at the lake, I hadn't heard it before. Oh, at the lake is, we have a cabin at the lake and it's got two different decks. Uh -huh. and that's my all time favorite place to read. But unfortunately at the lake, there's always lots of other people and they ask you, you have to put things down and pick them back up. So reading anything that's going to pull me away and pull me into my own uh, fantasy worlds or whatever is kind of constrained. Mm -hmm. So I find it easier to pick up a romance or a chiclet so that I can just plop it down. And I know that my sisters do the same thing because we have a pile of used books down there. Mm -hmm. And we were all going through the same thing. And really, that's when we read our brain candy, the stuff that'll rot our brain if that was the only thing we read. And I'm not meant, we learn from everything we read, whether it's we romance, do. whether it's science fiction, whether it's Western. We do. We learn no matter what the genre. So we don't mean to deprecate it. It's just, to me, it's, it's a very relaxing read. Yes. And non-stressful. Yes. There are chiclet books out there that would not be a, a fast read and would not be as relaxing. They would, they would haul me into the world. And mm -hmm. I, I would have to stay away from that at the lake because I would be antisocial. I would just rather <laughs> stick in my time with my characters. That's right. When I asked how you keep up or stay current with all the new material coming in, you said one of the ways was you and all your staff keep an eye open on interlibrary loans that come in. Oh, and which I thought, we do that here too, and I thought that's another great reason to love track is because all those books that come in for your patrons, I find I add a lot of them to my to-be-read pile. Yes, and, or sometimes I would actually use it to sell library cards too because people don't realize that if you have a Sexsmith card and Sexsmith owns a book, you get it a lot faster. Yes. Because our own customers have priority on our books. Mm -hmm. So when I see things coming in on interlibrary loan, I'll look at what the holds rate is like that on that book. 
So I will buy it just to get it in my own customer's hands first. Yes. Um, and it's crazy. You can be, the best example I showed somebody was, there was a brand new Grisham book. This is a few years back. And the holes list was 210 and it hadn't even come out yet. And I told the customer, I said, look, your hold is number 210, mm -hmm. but you're only the second sexsmith person on that entire list. That means you're going to be the second person to read it when we get our copy. They jumped the queue. Yes, because sexsmith owns the book. Right. So some customers have actually learned that and are now telling me there's 150 holds on this book. Have you got it coming in? Oh, <laughs> just great. So, just so that they know they can bump the line. That's right. Or jump the line, sorry. Right. I'm, I must be turning 60. Some of my words are coming out right. Oh, well. <laughs> and one of your favorite books is very popular in the library still, That American Dirt. Oh, have you read it? Not yet. You, uh, you recommend it to us all? Yes. Put a hold on it. Get your book club to read it. Um, we've listened over the past four years to a lot of rhetoric on build the wall, build the wall, um, and people coming across the border. But what nobody has ever, ever explained is why are they coming across the border? Mm -hmm. And this book does that. It grabs you by the first 10 pages. Mm -hmm. And for me, it, it, was, it, was, it was three o'clock in the morning when I closed it. I uh -huh. could not put it down. And the other one it, you recommend? It still resonates with me. It, it still does. Um, I think about it. I'll be thinking about it for years, just like Three Day Road. Three Day Road by Joseph Boyden? Yes. And I know he got such a, well, I, he got such a rap for writing from an Indigenous point of view or writing Indigenous stories, not being Indigenous himself. But if, from all I've read, it isn't the, it isn't, a lot of Indigenous people aren't even concerned about that. What he did do is he told a wonderful story and he told it in a way that made you live it. And Three Day Road in particular made me truly understand not only what we went through in World War I as Canadians, but what we went through in addictions with morphine addiction. And that was cross, cross race. It had nothing to do with just Indigenous people. It had to do with every soldier that went over there. And the impact of Eurocentric culture on indigenous people at that time and how, how that culture hit and hit hard. Mm -hmm. it, there was so many things I learned and are, again, stick with me. And I guess that's what I really define as a favorite book. It isn't so much whether I enjoyed reading it because sometimes these books are painful to read, but on how much they stick with me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I know you can probably hear phones going back and forth behind me. And it really is probably just people wishing me a happy birthday because I'm not even supposed to be at work yet. So I'm ignoring them. I'll call them all back. <laughs> and I was intrigued by what you said about uh, when I asked why you chose working in a library as a career and you said it chose you. What did you mean by that? I have wanted to be a librarian since I first remember going into the school library. That's uh -huh. what I wanted to be. I remember picking Nancy Drew books and not being able to decide which one. Um, I always wanted to be a librarian. And that was as a little girl. No astronaut, no fireman, um, no nurse, no teacher. It was, I wanted to be a librarian. Right. 
as I grew up, I still wanted to be a librarian. For a little while, I wanted to be a translator, but generally speaking, I wanted to work with books. Yeah. But was interesting because I'd given up all of that where as a young mother, I became a mother really young. We had three kids. Uh, the only work available to me basically was evening work because my husband had to work days and babysitters were out of reach. But when I walked into the high level library and I said to the librarian at that time, named Jackson, I said, I've always wanted to work in a library. And he says, oh, we're just applying for a grant. And I said, I want that job. And then I went in probably every second day for about a month. Have you heard anything yet? Are you ready yet? Basically, I nagged him into giving me the job. <laughs> You're very focused. Oh, it was so focused. And um, yeah, I was hired mid-November of 1988. Became library manager myself on November 1st, 1989. So not even a year later. And I've been the director of small libraries ever since with a tiny little three-month break in 2006. And I'd like to, um, I'll end on this question. Um, do you have a favorite snack or drink when you're reading? <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, I, <laughs> I started keto about three years ago as a way to regulate type 2 diabetes mm -hmm. and high blood pressure and all these other things. And it worked amazingly well. So I'm, no, I'm not on medication. I don't have blood pressure. I no longer have fatty liver. I've cured all of these personal issues for me. It worked for me. But I miss sweets. And just recently, I discovered a recipe for glazed nuts. And it's so easy to make. And they're so addictive. And I can zap off a batch. And that's my favorite. I actually will stop reading a book, get up, make a batch, go back to my book. And when they're ready, go back and eat them. <laughs> and it's such a simple recipe. Do you mind if I share it with you? No, please do. Okay, tablespoon of butter, mm -hmm. a quarter cup of sweetener like monk fruit or swerve, mm -hmm. and a cup of walnuts or pecans or whatever you like. Mm -hmm. Throw them in a frying pan and stir for five to ten minutes until you can see that it's starting to brown mm -hmm. and it's very bubbly. And then turn it out onto a sheet of... Uh, parchment paper, spread it out because otherwise it'll go in a big clump. Mm -hmm. So spread it out and then just let it cool for about 10-15 minutes. They're really good on a spinach salad too. Oh, they're versatile. Oh, and as a snack, Tanya, you can't beat them. <laughs> well, thanks for talking with us today. I, I hope, as I said, I've never done a podcast and what better way to start off my 60th year. Yes, thank you so much. Actually, do something that's techy, I guess. Not that we don't do anything techy in our regular world. Um, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to participate. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.